welcome to the Creating Your Own Path podcast. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and today we're recording from Think House Collective, which is a collaborative shared workspace for Sacramento's creative class. As always, you can listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can also catch two new episodes each month at jenniferesnyder.com. Before we really dive into the show today, I wanted to thank all of you who have filled out the listener survey. Your feedback and suggestions have been amazing. I know a lot of you have mentioned that the sound has been an issue, and though I've still got a few additional improvements in the works, um, I'm still kind of working out the kinks a little bit, it is getting there, so uh, just bear with me on this one. Um, And if you haven't had a chance to fill out the survey, there's still time. Just head over to jenniferesnyder.com slash path and click on the survey button near the top of the page. Um, Okay, so today's show is going to be a good one, you guys. Um, I've got the super talented illustrator and graphic designer, Kristen Deneve, in the hot seat, and um, I'm here to tell you that she is one to watch. Her illustrations are incredible, and um, I'll definitely be linking up to her shop and portfolio in the show notes, but I'm really excited to hear more about her creative path and process. So welcome, Kristen. Hi. Hi, (laughs) thanks for being here. Um, Okay, so let's start with your career path. How did you get to where you are today? Um, Well, I knew I always wanted to be a professional artist somehow. Not sure what capacity necessarily, but um, I learned about illustration and that, you know, one could go to school for it. So I actually started off um, studying scientific illustration. um, And then, you know, as I was studying it, I realized that it wasn't creative enough for me. Okay. So I switched over to regular illustration and I got my BFA. Um, But when I graduated, I realized that I needed regular, reliable income and health insurance and all of these things that freelance did not provide. So um, I started working as an in-house graphic designer, and I did that for about eight years, and I really enjoyed it. Um, And then when I moved to California a couple years ago, I started freelancing, and I did that for about a year hated it. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I found a job as a graphic designer. Um, and, and then after the, a little while, I realized that wasn't for me either. So I decided to give freelancing another shot. So okay. here I am. So here you are. Okay. <laughs> so, and part of that kind of path, you've lived all over, it seems right. like. So, um, so can you kind of talk about the places you've lived and how they've influenced your, your work and, and whether or not you were a freelancer versus a, you know, um, an employee somewhere. Um, so I was born and raised in Hawaii and, um, I left when I was 17. Um, but you know, Hawaii has such a huge Japanese influence and mm-hmm. I'm also half Japanese. Um, <laughs> so I was influenced by Japanese art. Um, there's a lot of like cute cartoony characters, um, pastels and bright colors. So that's something that definitely has influenced okay. my work. Um, and then I moved, um, well, I moved to California very briefly and then moved to Virginia. <clears throat> and I lived in Virginia for about nine years. Oh, wow. And most of the time spent there, I was either in college or I was working in a university. So oh, wow. I was surrounded <clears throat> by the university atmosphere. And so I'm not sure if, it, if the influence was regional or if it was more just of the collegiate setting, but I learned to design for college age audiences. I see. And okay. that was um, when I was working in Virginia, I was working um, as an employee. Okay. Never freelancing. Um, and then I moved to New York, and I also spent my entire time there working full-time 
as a in-house designer oh, okay. for NYU. And um, that exposed me to just a lot of amazing work. Mm-hmm. It was just everywhere. Everywhere you looked, there was great design. Um, it seems like it would be an intense place to live. It was. Because you are, it, it seems o- almost overwhelming. It was. And when I first moved there, um, it was so overwhelming that I was doing really crazy things like forgetting my key in the door, um, <laughs> leaving my credit card at a store, dropping my Metro card oh boy. in the street. I mean, yeah, it took me a while to kind of get my bearings. And um, I was also bumping into things a lot. <laughs> I think everything is just so much closer and smaller. Absolutely. I wasn't used to that. Mm-hmm. So um, that definitely, you know, required a little bit of a transition. Sure. But um, back to the design, you know, it was, it was everything was so innovative. And it yeah. made me realize that, you know, you have to be really unique to stand out because there are just so many good artists out there. Right. I mean, what's going to set me apart from mm-hmm. anybody else? Um, and I also learned that you have to work really, really hard because Absolutely. everyone in New York is super motivated. Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but, you know, for the most right, part, right. people that go there, you know, are ready to work hard and, <clears throat> excuse me, improve themselves, you know. Right. And, um, There's almost a cult, like, culture of hustle, hustle, hustle. Exactly. Kind of. Yes. Yeah. Very okay. much so. Um, and then I moved here okay. uh, to California, and it's totally laid back, mm-hmm. you know, and totally different than New York City. And it's friendly and approachable, and so that's what I learned I wanted to be. You know, I, I couldn't be that closed-off New Yorker, you know. Right. Um, and it had to kind of be reflected in my art, I think, too. I gotcha. Um, and so, you know, I just wanted my work to be accessible and you know, for me to be accessible. And right. so, um, I guess that's kind of the yeah. full circle. <laughs> no, that's, um, it's awesome because I feel like it, it matters. It matters what your, you know, it, your surroundings really matter. Right. Um, in terms of how you're inspired or influenced. So, um, and so along that journey, was there ever kind of a time, um, where you felt unsure? I know you said I hated freelancing and then I, so kind of, can you talk about that a little bit where, you know, if you were unsure about something, what was your next move and then how you've kind of navigated that to get to where you are? Um, well, I'm basically always unsure. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like that's norm- normal. Right. I'm pretty un- unsure about yeah. everything I mean, well. I'm, I mean, I kind of go back and forth from, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm, you know, I'm so glad I did this to, am I doing the right thing? Right. Like, oh, I don't know. Is this what I should be doing with <laughs> exactly. my life? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, okay. I mean, that's just, I think that's just also my personality. Mm-hmm. I'm always second guessing myself. Um, and, but I know that about myself, so right. I expect it, you know, and I'm always, even when I was working as a full-time graphic designer, I was mm-hmm. second guessing myself. I right. was like, I'm supposed to be an illustrator, you know? Right. So I think I'm always going to be that way. Yeah. Um, I'll probably never be completely fully, you know, satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the great thing about my field and my job is it's really flexible. Okay. I mean, if I am freaking out about freelancing, mm-hmm. I can always go find a full-time job and freelance on the side. And then if that's not working, I could go back to freelance. So there's um, something comforting about knowing that what I'm doing isn't permanent. I can change if I want to. Right. It's not all or nothing. Exactly. Okay. And also knowing that um, I can move wherever I want and still continue to do what I'm doing. That's a comfort too because, um, you know, it it doesn't pigeonhole me into any one place. Right, right. So... That would be reassuring. Yeah, it's it a is good nice. way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, so um, can you talk about some of the risks you've taken while starting your business, if if any? I mean, I think moving around <clears throat> so much is 
could be seen as a risk, but right. um, I'm curious if you've had any risks and how they kind of affected your your path. Um, to be honest, I think the biggest risk was just this, the last job that I quit, my last full-time job. Okay. Um, that was something that you know I really had to put some thought into and mm-hmm. see if I was really ready. Right. Um, and I, in a way, I wasn't ready, but I just knew I needed to do it. Okay. Um, and so... Um, it was risky, but it was the right move. I see. Um, but also, I think, um, as far as you know, starting my business, I think the amount of time that I had to put forth into it was one of the larger risks because it was like time that was taken away from me doing, you know, other work like freelance work and right. and paid work. You know, like when you're yeah. starting up a business, it's a lot of hours that go into it that you know you don't know if you're gonna get compensated right. for. You know, Some you of just have prom- almost. Um, promotional work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's so much that needs to go in. Um, and since I'm a graphic designer, I do all of my um, branding and, you know, right. all the graphics and, you know, everything. So it was, it definitely, and it still is taking a lot of my time. Okay. Um, but, and monetarily, it didn't require a lot up front. You know, I mean, it was a little bit, but nothing compared to, you know, like opening a restaurant or right. <laughs> anything Right, like not that. a lot of startup so, capital necessary. I yeah. Okay. And, and I feel very fortunate. I mean, you know, with all these e-commerce sites, you know, you can open up a shop for pretty much nothing, you know, if you want to. So, so um Actually, I have two follow-up questions. So okay. <laughs> one of them um, is around being a designer who does your own branding. That has to be really hard because, or is it easy? I don't know. It seems <laughs> like question. it would be, um, because I could write all day about somebody else, but it's really hard to write about myself, you know? And so I feel like it could, it could translate, um, you know, that could translate over to design as well. So did, was that challenging for you? It was. Um, you know, and I have a feeling as time goes on, I'm going to, like, start to hate my logo and want to redo it, which, you know, that's because I have the ability mm-hmm. to do it. And because it's my own work, I'm always going to be critical of it. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was hard to design for myself because if I'm designing for a client, you know, I'm kind of open. Like, I, I'm... I'm exploring all these different options because I'm not really sure, you know, which one they're going to gravitate towards. So I want to give them a bunch of options. Whereas for me, I know immediately if I hate something. So I could start designing something. I know I'm going to hate it, so I'll abandon it and start a new one, a new idea. And, you know, so in that sense, I feel like, you know, I'll work really hard and have very little to show for it because I am immediately, like, you know, critiquing my own work and, you know, throwing things out. Um... So that part was a little hard. And not okay. really having anybody give me direction. Having it have to come from within right. was, you know, I'm so used to There's no second set of eyes on it. Exactly. It's just your own stuff. It's my own stuff, and I just have to trust that it's right. I mean, I did get some feedback, um, but it's different. Right. It's different when someone's giving you feedback on something that's for you versus for them. Right. Right, so. because they're the decision maker. You're still exactly. the ultimate decision maker. They could, they could just be like, oh, that looks great, you know. Right, and then <laughs> you ask if, if, yeah, I know. Um, it's funny, I talk to my you know, my family about some of the stuff I'm doing. They're like, oh, we're so happy and proud of you. And it's like, well, you're kind of required to be, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, so, you know, you have to take it all with, with a little grain of salt. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my second question actually pertains to the e-commerce side of things. Mm-hmm. So, um <clears throat> I'm trying to remember when Etsy launched, but I remember maybe like thinking, 06 or something. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I feel like there are now there are so many options. So how do you as somebody who owns an online shop, how do you 
decide? Like, how, how, what's that process like for you? Um, I'm still figuring it out, okay. to be honest. Um, because, so I have two shops. I have an Etsy shop. I don't really advertise it, but I'm on there for people that are browsing on Etsy and that might stumble see. across. Um, because it's a marketplace right. and it's a place for people to go to check out all different kinds of work and different artists. Right. Um, whereas my other shop... Um, is it's on Store Envy, which is also a marketplace, but that one is geared more towards direct, directing traffic to my site. Okay, I'm directing people to that site um, specifically. So I think um, what I'm trying to do right now is just get out and get into the community and just get my name out there okay. and to get people to come to, to my site. site. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not, you know, I know there's a lot that goes into like SEO and all that stuff. But to be honest, I know very little about that. And it's on my lengthy to-do list of things to figure sure. out. Um, but right now, I guess I'm, I'm just kind of winging it. You know, I'm yeah. just learning as I go. Oh, gosh, so. I hear that. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I want to talk about the illustrations a little bit. They are um, sweet and charming, um, and they are what drew me to your work. But you're not just an online shop owner, as we discussed. You're also, um, you do freelance design and illustration work on a regular basis. So I kind of want to know what each process is like for you, because Mm -hmm. I would assume it's different designing, say, um, a set of cards for your shop or a print for your shop that you're going to sell to the general public versus designing for, say, a company or, um, or even a client that just wants illustration work. So can you talk about the differences between those two? Sure. Um, so they're very different. Um, and working with a client, you know, it's the whole goal is to create something that's going to help them reach their goal. So it's, you know, it's not about me at all. It's all about them. Um, and so, you know, we'll get together and we'll discuss what their goals are and where they want to be and what they hope, you know, what I create is, you know, what, what it's going to do for their business. Um, and I keep them involved along the way throughout the process and, you know, showing them my designs along the way and getting their feedback and incorporating that until we come up with something that they're happy with. Okay. So that's working with the client. Um, when I work with myself, Mm -hmm. um, it's usually, I'm, I just have an idea of something I maybe want to draw. Okay. Or I have an idea for a card mm-hmm. or something that would just be kind of random and funny or like something. Like quirky and... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so I'll just like sketch it out and you know, usually I'll, in my sketchbook I just have a bunch of different thumbnails of ideas and then I'll just pick a few um, and then start just doing the illustration and designing. And so it's really, you know, I'll, I'll show maybe my husband to mm-hmm. kind of get his feedback, but really it's just about what's in my head and getting it out there. Um, okay. And that was kind of why I started the company mm-hmm. or started making cards because I wanted something that was just self-driven that um, a client wasn't going to critique or, you know, it right. was just something that I could just do for mm-hmm. fun. And if it was wacky or crazy, like no big deal, that's, right. you know, and if someone didn't like it, they didn't have to buy it, but it wasn't right. like I was letting anybody down, you know, sure, just sure. more self-expression. So okay. I have to say it's a lot of fun to, <laughs> to I would imagine. And um, again, to those of you who are listening, I'm going to link up to her um, shop URL, but it's called Semi Sweet Press. And um, they are so cute and cheeky and fun. And I, I really liked um, kind of the things she, she comes up with. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, Kristen, is there, have you been shocked at all what people end up buying and don't, you know, and not buying? So is it weird to say like, wow, I thought people would really respond to say this print or a set of cards, but then they don't. Mm-hmm. Have you had experiences like that? 
Um, I think the biggest surprise, I guess, was that, you know, I'll make, like I said, I make cards just because I think they're random and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really expect people to buy them. Okay. You know, I make them just because they're funny and, um, and then some people really like them right. and that, um, you know, I, it, do, it does, doesn't always make sense to me, you know, right. the card, like I'm just doing something weird, but they'll think it's funny. And right. I'm like, why do they think it's funny? It was yeah. so bizarre, you know? And, um, so I guess a lot of times I'm surprised at the ones that people do like. What they respond to the most. Exactly. Okay. And I, and I do, I mean, there are, uh, you know, several designs that are always sell. And I get that. Like, I know, like my, I have a card that has a beer, a mug of beer and a pretzel on it. Yeah. That one is like one of the top sellers because everybody loves beer, you Absolutely. know, it's just, it's kind of, you know, and then my cupcakes card, you know, everybody uh-huh. loves cupcakes. So there are certain things, certain um, pictures that I think people just gravitate, gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, and then there's some that are a little more obscure um, that I have a card that has an illustration of outer space. Uh-huh. And then inside it says space is what I need right now. Nice. So that's not a top seller. Yeah. Although, although one guy came and bought 10 of them. So that was interesting. But um, for the most part, you know, it's people chuckle at it, but it's not, I understand that it's not necessarily a card that people are going to give up to others. Exactly. (laughs) Nor would I necessarily. Yeah. um, Well, you know, you could incorporate it into people's relationship communication techniques, maybe. Exactly. (laughs) You need flashcards or something. Right. That's true. Um, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, like a cute little set of cards that people... Um, yeah. Just like... Um, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, for, for the non-communicators out there. Um, okay, so uh, I know that owning a business can be a huge undertaking, um, even when things are great. You know what I mean? Even in the best of times, uh, it can be tough. And so I always like to know how people kind of balance the... Or blend or whatever you do to kind of make it all work. You know, there's work play life right you know creative side of things business side of things so how do you make that work for you I have to say I'm still figuring it out okay um the the one thing that I think keeps me um pretty balanced is my husband okay um just not not wanting to neglect him I think that is the biggest thing you know when he's home and he's he's home from work and it kind of it's a signal for me to okay close up shop or just you know like just do a couple things and then spend the rest of the evening with him. Gotcha. Um, so that's nice because I don't want to ignore him. Of course. <laughs> Nor does he want to be ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because um, when he goes out of town for business or whatever, I'll just work constantly. Right. And so, um, you know, I do have to be careful of that because I don't have anybody saying, hey, it's midnight. Like, what are hey, you doing? I'm over here. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, that is something I think about that I should – um, not just rely on him to be my balance. You right, know, I really right. need to just make a, a good effort into... That's a good point. You know, stopping, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, shutting shutting down the computer, shutting the door to my office, and then just, like, relaxing right. um, for a few hours. So. Read a book. <laughs> Something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I know how that goes. So, um, Okay, so... I know that you recently returned from a design conference, and I'm assuming you... You've been to a few of those probably over over mm-hmm. the years. Um, so it seems like a really, you know, conferences always seem like a good place to kind of find inspiration. But in your everyday, you know, you said you kind of just come up with these wacky ideas of what to create for your shop. So what inspires your creativity? What inspires those ideas on a regular basis? 
Um, people, friends, my husband for sure, you know, we'll just be having a conversation mm-hmm. and um, maybe I'll think of something funny that stems from that conversation. Okay. Um, my cat sometimes. <laughs> Cats are good for um, that. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, I think it's usually, um, you know, when I'm talking to people mm-hmm. about something, that's usually when these ideas start. But okay. um, I do look at other artists' work a lot. Um, I try not to look at other greeting card artist mm. just because I don't want to accidentally like be influenced too much exactly yeah. or you know have an idea that's based on something that I saw I don't want that to happen but I do try to look at other art art in other forms okay. um and also tv movies music all those things kind of popular um, culture stuff yeah that's you know they really smart. do yeah you know it's weird like Wes Anderson mm. um you know watching his movies makes mm-hmm. me want to go draw like his movies are so artistic and have the composition of everything like Mm -hmm. every shot is like perfectly composed and it you know it could be like an illustration like if you just look at you know where the characters are and everything Mm -hmm. so I think inspiration can come in all kinds of different ways interesting yeah Yeah, that's a really good point his movies are amazing (laughs) so um okay so in terms of kind of being a creative business owner um if you had one bit of advice to anyone who's listening who maybe maybe they want to give up that full-time job and start their own business, um, or they're already in it and they just need a little, little pep talk, uh, what would your advice be to somebody who's kind of just starting out? I actually have two little bits of advice. I'll take um, everything you got. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the first one, especially here in Sacramento where people are friendly, I would say just meet as many people as possible. Just get out there and don't be shy. That's a really good, really yeah. good bit of advice. It would be harder, I think, in New York City where people are a little more shut off. But here, you know, I think it's really about the relationships that you form and getting started in the community. Um, and then my second bit of advice would be just to be prepared for failure because it's okay. going to happen. Um, and you have to just kind of accept that. That way you can bounce back from it and just start again or try again, you know? Have you, um, because actually, um, my last interview was with Stephen Tiller. He's, um, like a a woodworker, furniture maker. Okay. So he, his work is insane. It's just really amazing, but that's, he talked about failure a lot. So have you had any moments of just like, well, that didn't work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically I feel like I fail multiple times a day. I mean, so failure can be tiny or it can be huge, but you know, I... Every every time I start on a design or an illustration, there's always this moment of sheer panic where I feel like I'm failing and I feel like I it's not looking right. It's going through its you. ugly phase. And <laughs> I like that your work has an ugly phase. I would have oh never guessed. Oh my god, guessed. it does. Sometimes it just stays in the ugly phase Do you end forever. Up with, like but... lots of crinkled up pieces of paper everywhere. Well, it's usually on. Well, when I'm. Um, sketching by hand, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, ugly little sketches that I probably should burn. Um, but on the computer, when I'm designing, you know, like, I just kind of save over the old stuff. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just have to l- learn that, like, it's going to happen. Right. So you're going to make mistakes, but you're going to learn from it. And I was just listening to Marie TV. Uh-huh. And she, <laughs> and she, yesterday, um, I was watching one episode about failure mm-hmm. and it was, I think um, I saw it. You do see that I one? I think I yeah. watched it, yeah. Her guest said something along the lines of success and failure are on the same path. Mm-hmm. 
And she totally summed it up. I yep. mean, that, that is was like, a light bulb moment for yep. me too. I was like, wow, that's a really good way of looking at it. They're not yeah. mutually exclusive. You know no. what I mean? They're, they're not two separate things. They're, they're hand in hand. Right. And she, I think she also said that people that are really successful also fail more because mm-hmm. they try over and over. And so mm-hmm. it kind of, it, you know, it's, it's just a nice way. It's, it's what I've been thinking, but it's just, she put it into the right words, you right. know? And that's how you learn. and Yeah, that's and, really good advice, though. It's yeah. really good advice. Um, I think it also keeps you from beating yourself up over things. Because if you know it's going to happen at some point, you're like, okay, it happened. Let's right. move on. You now know? we can get past it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so this is one question I really enjoy asking um, because I get some random answers, <laughs> um, which I love. So um, if you weren't doing what you're currently doing, what would you be doing instead? So... Is there anything that you've imagined yourself doing in life besides illustration and design? Well, as a kid, I always wanted to do something related to science, which is why I studied scientific illustration. Um, But I always wanted to be a marine biologist. But you know, I think half the population says that. I mean, to be honest, I I did at one point. I took oceanography in (laughs) Hinko. Everybody wants to like work Mm -hmm. with the dolphins. Yeah. Um, But I honestly, I can't handle blood and guts and all that stuff, so it probably wouldn't work out. Um, but when I was at NYU, um, there was, down in the basement of the library, there was a preservation department. Whoa. And I would go down there every chance I got and just watch them. And they were preserving books. And so that looked really cool because it was oh, hands-on. And, yeah. and so I was thinking, I was briefly thinking about going into either library preservation or fine art preservation oh, when I was having a panic moment like am I going to be a designer for the rest of my yeah. life you know what so. am I doing with that <laughs> um that would be really fascinating yeah. actually I've always really um you know you, I think they have shows and stuff where they go in and they look at the really old old mm-hmm. manuscripts and books and so that that would be really interesting I think it's pretty competitive to get into so well you know. I can't see it being a, a booming industry I mean (laughs) especially now that things are leaning towards you know being more digital all the time so um but but yeah I would imagine it's a little competitive (laughs) there there may not be as many jobs in that field but uh but yeah that's interesting good answer I like that okay so we're kind of um wrapping things up a little bit uh so looking forward for both on both your freelance side of things and the shop um do you have any exciting projects coming up? Any big like events that you're going to be a part of? Um, and kind of what's what's down the line for you? So in the next, say, five years, kind of... Well, okay. We'll say two years. <laughs> kind of what do you see? I know. Well, that's okay. I haven't either. So that's fine. Um, but kind of what's next for you and your business? Um, well, for my company, Semi-Sweet Press, um, I do have some new... Um, products that I'm going to be working on. I um, definitely Yay. have to work on some fall and holiday products. Yes. So I have an Evernote to-do list that's okay. really long, just of ideas for cards that I want to do. Oh, so um, now it's just a matter of like devoting the time to yeah. actually making those. So that's something that's coming up. Um, and I just I do have a lot of work lined up um, freelance wise. Um, in you know I've got couple new clients in the Bay Area, so I'm looking oh, nice. forward to working with them, some bigger projects, and some e-commerce websites, and Yay. things like that. So yeah, I hope to also do some more editorial illustration in the future. So, um, Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, you know, I've done a couple jobs for the um, for the Sacramento Bee, okay. which have been great. Um, but I really want to continue to do that kind of work okay. and, um, you know, reaching out to local magazines and yeah. trying to get more editorial. That would be really cool. Yeah. So, um, and I think I read somewhere, I was doing research for this, um, <laughs> I don't remember where I read it, but that you kind of want to do children's books as well. Has that been a dream? or? Um, you know, that was a dream. Okay. Um, that... When I was in high school, I saw uh, Free Fall by David Weisner, which mm-hmm. is a children's book. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I do remember that moment that I was like, oh my God, this some, someone has this job. I want this job. I want right. to do that. And that was kind of how I started like going on the path towards illustration. Okay. And I got a little distracted by the scientific illustration part. But, um, you know, I, that was actually, it was a dream of mine up until about a year ago. I okay. just kind of started learning more about the industry and about what, goes into making a children's book mm-hmm. and I really started thinking do I want to draw the same character for 16 spreads right that's <laughs> and, a good point right and you know I have some major ADD going on and so that's why greeting cards are great because right. I do a little illustration done move on um, well and it's one illustration that could be printed multiple times and right. you know what I mean so right. um, and sold to multiple people right. so it seems like a, a good business move to do prints and cards I think yeah but well, and you know it's funny because you know I'd been wanting to be a children's book illustrator for so long Mm -hmm. that I even when I started realizing it wasn't for me I was still kind of hanging on to it because I thought that's what I was supposed to be trying to do Mm -hmm. um so once I let that go Mm -hmm. I feel so much better I feel like okay I don't have to do you know this this, one this one thing like maybe it's not for me and that's okay that's so. That's actually good advice too. We're going to tuck that into the question about good advice is letting things, <laughs> letting go of things that maybe you thought you know where you're calling or or what you were supposed to be doing and just kind of being okay with it going. And who knows? Like maybe you'll get an opportunity and it'll be fun and a one-off that you that's enjoy true. doing. You never yeah, know. Like you never know. Um, we talk about five years in, in the future. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? There's there's still time. Um, but but that's really good advice. Thanks. Well, we'll just end on that. That's really good advice. <laughs> and we'll keep an eye out for all of your really great work um, kind of coming down the line. And to those of you, again, who are listening, as usual, I'll be linking up to everything we mentioned here today um, in the show notes, which you can find at jenniferesnyder.com. Um, and in the meantime, be sure to check out Kristen's work at kristendeneve.com. Uh, and then you can also shop her really incredible prints and card collections. Um, I know I will be going to order a few things um, as soon as possible. Uh, and her the website for that is semisweetpress.com. So thank you so much for being here, Kristen. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time. Um, and as always, I'd like to offer a big thank you to Think House for lending us their recording space. Um, if you've enjoyed these episodes, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.